Now, you might be wondering to yourself, you're probably thinking, Luna, we're already one episode into the story and you're the most interesting person in it. Don't you deserve a Christmas romance? And you know what? You would be absolutely right. I am the most interesting person here. By a landslide. And if I actually wanted a Christmas romance, I'd be whining for one right along with you. But believe it or not, dear listener, the story isn't just about me. Besides, I prefer my place on the sidelines. Maybe that makes me a bit odd. Let me explain. I've never quite felt the pull of romance, you know? Or the thrum of my heart in my throat when somebody told me they loved me. I've seen it in movies, sure, and it seems like great fun, but I can't even begin to conceptualize something like abandoning my own music set to take someone back to my place to have ravenous kinky sex with them. Ahem, excuse me. For a while, I actually thought I might be broken? Like I was missing something in my brain that I was supposed to feel. I don't think that anymore. I like being on my own, watching with delight while the people around me find love, you know? Take my baby brother Parker. He and his now husband, Theo, have been best buds since the cradle. I used to catch them playing lightsabers with my twirling batons, and now they're married and well on their way to falling in love. Don't ask. In fact, last we heard from Parker and dear Theodore, they were getting ready to have dinner with my family for the first time as a married couple. I can only imagine how that's going. Let's check in on them, shall we? There are my boys. Hi, Mom. Hi, Trudy. Sit down. You must be so cold. You need a better jacket, Parker. The potatoes here are good. You've got to try the potatoes. What a strange thing to say, Ken. What's weird about that? I like potatoes. We're not talking about potatoes right now, Dad. Pay attention to your son who just got married? Look at the two of you. You're so in love. Your cheeks are sparkling. Give him a little kiss, Parker. Come on. He's gonna get sick of it if I just keep kissing him all the time. Yeah, because we've been kissing a lot. Loads. You're so cute. I'm gonna fall off my chair and die. Drinks? Can we get some drinks? I would love a bit of alcohol. How do we get served around here? Ken, don't you dare open your mouth if you're going to say something else about potatoes. Welcome to the family, Theo. Could I get you started with some drinks? Jesus fucking Christ, yes, please. Parker, don't say Jesus fucking Christ in front of the waitress. Let's do wine. Let's get a nice bottle for the newlyweds. That's a lovely idea. We'll take something red and expensive. It's on me. It's on Dad. Ah, soon you're going to have some potatoes on you too, huh, Ken? <laughs> oh, Theodore, come on, Parker, kiss him. Kiss him for being funny. He wasn't that funny, Mom. Kiss your husband, Parker. Your father bought you a bottle of nice wine, and you're too shy to kiss your husband? Kiss him before I have another heart palpitation. Fine. Fine, everybody. I'll kiss my husband if that's what you all really want. Well, go on, then. Lay one on him. Mm -hmm. Aww. Aww. That was very nice. Well done, lads. Oh, look, the wine is here. Yay! Yay! 
What's up, Buttercup? Just getting ready to destroy the dreams of a teenager. Same, weirdly. My 16-year-old client is about to find out you can't get emancipated from your mom because she can't vibe. Your job is gross. Says the high school drama teacher with a doctorate degree. This girl's concerned uncle wants to talk to me about putting on her play, even though the school board shut it down. I really don't want to have to keep telling her no. It's breaking my heart. Crying face emoji. I'm sorry. It's so sweet how much you care about your students. Come in. Teo Blumenthal? You can call me Dr. Blumenthal. I'm Oliver Wesley from the hit BW show, The Mermaid Journals. I've never heard of it. Sure you haven't. I'm here to inquire about the state of my niece's playwriting debut. I don't understand what's holding everything up. These situations are rarely fair, unfortunately. The school board has received a lot of complaints from parents. After a lot of debate, the school board is still very concerned about the play's subject matter. Give them this check and let me know if they're still concerned. Nice, ladies. That's really coming along. Let's take a fiver, shall we? Yee! Time for snacks! Toss me a LaCroix aids. Catch! You know what I love? What? Love! <laughs> what? <laughs> Can't you just feel it in the air? <sighs> Certainly is the season for it. Everybody's looking to cozy up next to another warm body. Come sleet, come snow. It's romantic as hell, isn't it? Sounds pretty gay. Whoa-oh. Using your orientation as a slur? Somebody's in a mood. I'm not in a mood, Zadie. I just want to get back to rehearsal. No, I think maybe the grumpus has come to visit. What exactly is that supposed to mean? Grumpy, wumpy, rumpus. Zadie, knock it off. See, grumpus! Uh- Oh, did something happen with that girl last night? <laughs> I I don't know. Everything was just fine. Great, in fact. We were snuggling in bed, and then she just stormed out this morning. I don't want to talk about it. Can't win them all, I guess. I've called her like ten times. She just sends me straight to voicemail. What did you do? I didn't do anything. That seems sus. Oh my god. I said I don't want to talk about this. Jesus. Well, fine. Sorry. Let's get back to it. Jingle Bell Rock, ladies. Whoa, hold it there, partner. I haven't exhausted my full break yet. Oh, come on. Uh uh uh. No, the contract says I get five minutes off for every 35 minutes of work. Isn't that right, Lou? She's got a point. <sighs> Wait, I have an idea. Maybe this will cheer you up. You're welcome. What the hell is this? Um, your birthday present? The one you ditched me with last night for the pretty girl that won't answer your calls? <laughs> uh, right. Um. Hmm. Do you like it? I'm gonna be honest here, Zades. I don't even know what it is. It's a bath bomb. You put it in the bath. Okay. You don't sound excited. To blow up my bathtub? 
No, you grumpus. It's a self-care thing. You know, treat yourself. You draw a bath, you drop it in, and it turns the water as black as your cold, dead soul. And then, when you get out, your skin will be as soft as a baby's rump. Here, feel me. Wait, you got one too? No. Do you like it? Do you feel better now? You know what? It's kind of cool. Thanks, Zades. You're welcome. Where do you even find something like that? Oh, you know that adorable boutique I keep telling you about? The one with the sage bundles. Well, there's this cute new sales lady. No, wait, I'm sorry. That's not right. Sales person who just started working there and And I... that's five. Sorry, Zadie. You know what? It's cool. I've said my piece. Besides, Astrid's coming to the boutique with me after practice. I am? You are. Since when? Since now. I just decided. You need a sage cleanse to clear out whatever is happening here. Is that your weird way of trying to be helpful? I am helpful. Ahem. <laughs> Ready, ladies? Astrid, on your count. Ready. Ready. Bay door swung shut, trapping Aspen inside. Good evening, Space Ranger, Basil said, his voice as velvety as his thick purple cape. My Space Ranger days are over, Aspen said. Is that so? Basil rose slowly to his feet, taking big, heavy steps with his large, large feet. Thump, thump, thump. It is. Then what's this? Basil's hand plunged into Aspen's pants, searching for the firearm he knew was hidden there. Oof, screamed Aspen. Basil had not found a gun, but his hand was certainly clenched around something with firepower. I seem to have found something. I think I'm gonna oof! Aspen drooled. Basil tiptoed with his big, burly feet. Thought you could surprise me? Catch me off my guard? I knew you were packing from the moment you came aboard. No, really, I'm gonna oof! Careful, Space Ranger. Don't mess up my dress uniform. That's actually kind of hot. Okay. Okay, just one more. Okay, yeah. Just one more. Oh, what's this one? A knocking on the door interrupted Aspen's dinner preparation. He wasn't expecting anyone. Who could this be? So far out in the woods, so late at night. Oh no. What if it was a goblin? Aspen's hair stood on end. What if the goblin demanded to come in? The king's new rules made it legal for goblins to order anyone to give them food and shelter at a moment's notice. Who knows when this goblin would even leave? Aspen opened the door, holding his breath as a wave of rank and vile air poured into his cottage. A goblin burst in, making himself at home instantly. What's for dinner, sexy? croaked the goblin. Oh no, Aspen said under his breath. I said, what's for dinner, you sweaty boy? Fuck, why am I reading this? Soup, Aspen answered, serving the dinner he had slaved over all afternoon. My name's Basil, the goblin said, slurping. Whoops, let me take off my glasses and hats. I forgot humans don't like hats indoors. The goblin doffed his sunglasses and hat, and Aspen was nearly knocked from his feet. Basil was the most 
drop-dead beautiful goblin he had ever seen. His pores salivated just at the sight of him. What's for dessert? Me, Aspen announced, tearing his shirt into pieces that fell limply into the soup bowls. That's what I hoped, said Basil, licking his soup-soaked lips. God damn it. Okay, one more. Seriously, no, what time is it? What time is it? Fuck, 3 a.m. Ah, okay, just one more. Just one more and then to bed. We're going to play fast and loose with the timeline for a minute and jump back into dinner with my family. Because aren't family dinners just so goddamn interesting? Hello, brother. Luna, this is the men's restroom. I just wanted a little moment alone with my baby brother. You're looking a little stressed out there. Why would I be stressed? Because mom keeps grilling you about your fake husband who you only married for insurance reasons. Luna! Who's gonna hear me, the bathroom ghost? You promised you would help me. Of course I'm going to help you. But you're doing a pretty shit job of acting like you're in love with Theo. That's because I'm not in love with Theo? It can't be that hard to pretend, right? Theo's so cute with his scruffy beard and sparkly eyes. And he's always so sweet and funny. He's also been my best friend for ten years, so it's very awkward. I know what you need. Did you just pull a flask out from up inside your dress? There's only one way you're going to get through this, Parker. Pretend it's homecoming 2009 and lean into the blackout. This is a bad idea. So? (sighs) Good point. Bravo! Once more, please! Boys, I have to know everything about your newlywed life. Ask away, Trudy. What side of the bed do you sleep on? The left. He's on the left. left. They just spoon so aggressively that they both always end up on the left side of the bed. That's weird, boys. Who said I love you first? Uh, He he did. did. He He did. did. Clearly, neither of them have said I love you yet. (laughs) How many kids? Lots, I hope. Sure. Except, uh, no... We don't want kids. Not yet, maybe, but kids are so cute. No, kids are so barf. Yikes. How about some appetizers over here? My husband and I will have the tomato biscuit, please. And me and my husband will have the Caesar salad. Salad? Why? I was trying to be cute and order for you? Well, I think Caesar salad is barf, just like kids. Order for yourself, then. I want onion rings. Onion rings. I don't even like fish. I don't want a fish salad. You don't like fish? No, I like onion rings. Oh, shit. Is is this a fight? Are we fighting? A little tiff, it looks like. We're not tiffing. See? We're great. 
we'll both have onion rings because we're married and we're great. I'm gonna have another shot of tequila, please. There's a sparkly one, and a pink one, and a- Riley, hey! Well, if it isn't Zadie with a Z, hi. I brought you something. Why? Because I owe you. You owe me? Yeah, for misgendering you. Zadie. Please just let me do this. Gift giving is my love language. Fine. What is it? It's an apology macchiato. Do you like macchiatos? I hope so. I thought about getting you a cider, but I didn't know if you liked apples. I knew a girl one time who was allergic to apples, but only if they were raw. So I didn't think I should get cider. I figured the simpler the better, right? Wait, please tell me you're not lactose intolerant. <laughs> I'm not lactose intolerant. Oh, thank gods. I am, however, deathly allergic to coffee. You are? No, Kimmy. That was really nice of you, Sadie. Thank you. So, um, are you gonna introduce me? Or just keep flirting with the store clerk? Oh my gosh, I'm not flirting! Shut up! <laughs> I'm Riley, uh, they them. Hey Riley, Astrid. I like your style. You too. This is the friend, the big bad bath mom friend. Oh hey, yeah, Sadie was telling me about you. I think she said something about skull and crossbones. I don't really see it. Excuse me, that is a complete misrepresentation of my carefully curated aesthetic. Oh yeah? What would you call it? Oh, butch, neo-gothic, pagan? The black bath bomb was a good call, though. I guess. Astrid's grumpy today. What the fuck are you doing? Justifying your behavior. Well... Don't go airing out my dirty laundry, you gossip. One, I am barely a gossip. And two, you won't even tell me what's wrong. Nothing's wrong. And I'm not grumpy. You sound grumpy to me. Dude. Sorry, uh, just being honest. When she gets like this, I call her the grumpus. Will you stop saying that? Do you want to talk about it? Oh, you too? What is this, an intervention? It can be if you want. Do you have anything you need to get off your chest? No. Come on, Grumpus. No, Grumpy. No, no Wumpy. No, no. The, Grump the Grump. The condom broke. What? What condom? Mine. The one that was in me. It broke, and apparently that's a very bad thing. Well, I mean, yeah... They don't work if they're broken, you know. So I've heard. But I mean, it happens sometimes. Condoms break, but there are still things you can do. Precautions you can take. Is there something in particular your partner's worried about? What did he say? She, actually. She? She. And she's not talking to me. Well, no shit, Sherlock. You had penetrative sex with her and the condom broke. She's probably feeling pretty dysphoric right now. Give her some space, dude. What do you mean? What do you mean, what do I mean? She's a trans woman, right? Yeah. Well, how would you feel if you might have gotten someone pregnant? But that's impossible. Correct. So you see how her gender doesn't align with the events that took place? And how she might feel uncomfortable about the situation? Yes. Yeah. 
and how that might make her feel out of place in her own body. Oh. You didn't tell me about the condom. Because you kept calling me a grumpus. Wait. Oh my god, wait. What? You didn't. What? Astrid, give me your wallet. No. Then at least tell me you didn't use that ratty-ass old condom. Yeah, she was mad about that, too. You used a thousand-year-old condom with her? Ten-year-old condom. There's a difference. Is there? I don't know. What's the average half-life of a cheap condom? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I fucked up. Yep. Like, real bad. Yep. Yep. I've got to go. Wait, where? Anywhere. I don't know. I have to find her. I have to apologize. Out on the street? Huh. Well, that's a fucking mess. Yeah. You know, it's almost time for my lunch. If you want to take a look around the shop for 15 minutes, maybe we could take these macchiatos on a walk? That'd be really nice. Seriously? Again? Uh, what do you want? Hey, I know I fucked up. You sure as shit did. I didn't realize just how bad until a few moments ago got some sense knocked into me. But I get it now. I understand what I did and how it was wrong. You don't have to respond. I just want you to know that... I'm really sorry I hurt you, Ella. Thank you. I'm still mad at you. I know. But, for what it's worth, I shouldn't have stormed out of there. I should have talked to you, and you should have been more understanding. You're right. I should have been. Damn right I'm right. I wasn't thinking, Ella. It didn't really occur to me how you must have been feeling. It was extremely triggering, Astrid. My brain didn't know how to reconcile who I am and what had happened because you were careless. It's called gender dysphoria and you have no idea what it's like. It can be horrible. I really am sorry. Thank you. I know it's a long shot, but I would really like to make it up to you if you'll let me. Make it up to me how? What would make you feel better? I could use a hug. What's your address? I'll be right over. Now, I don't know how inundated you are with the topic of fandom, so just to cover my bases, here are a few quick things I need to tell you before we can revisit Santiago. As I'm sure you're aware at this point, it's very common for fanfiction authors to write ships about their favorite fictional characters. But there's this odd phenomenon that crops up in fandoms every once in a while, when the chemistry between the actors is particularly steamy. All of a sudden, authors start writing their ships about the actors themselves. This is the sort of hole Santiago now finds himself in. No longer reading about Basil and Aspen, but indeed, Oliver and himself. This is how we do it, by underscore Oliviago Hart underscore. He was an intergalactic war criminal. I was the crown prince of the planet Schmoobly. 
When he knelt before me, awaiting his sentence, I should have enacted justice. I should have put him to death right then and there. That was my duty, and I failed. But now, it's too late. He's in the wind again. Now, I fucked a real-life monster, and worse yet, I'm going to have his baby. A sci-fi Oliviago fic in which Santiago is an alien warlord with a charm Oliver cannot resist. Santiago Summerhalder slash Oliver Wesley. Alternate universe, Dom Diego, Sub Oliver, Empreg, Notting, Her Comfort, 2,164 followers, 13,298 comments. I'm sorry, how many comments? 13,298 comments, and counting. That's more comments than views. That's correct. What's this? Rock band AU, where Santiago and Oliver are rock stars touring across America. Okay. That sounds cool. There were no snacks on the tour bus. Oliver never brought snacks, but always helped himself to Santiago's. He does eat my snacks! So when they slowed to a stop in front of the Shell gas station, Santiago deboarded with a huff. Where do you think you're going? cried Oliver. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? Santiago called over his shoulders and stalked off toward the convenience store. This was a mistake, of course, because in his brooding haste, Santiago had forgotten his disguise. He'd only been eyeing the Dorito section for a moment or so before the swarm descended. You're... you're Santiago, Sommerhalder, someone said behind him. When he turned, the horde had begun to multiply, more and more teen girls appearing as if out of nowhere. Eyes wide, he fled, racing through aisles and into the men's lavatory, only to slam face first into who else but Oliver Wesley, smiling smugly at him. Get out of my way, he spat. Did you see the crowd out there? They want to have their way with me. So do I, Oliver purred, pulling him into a sudden kiss. Electricity shot down his spine as their lips made contact, pooling in a mass in the pit of his stomach. He knew he shouldn't. But the inferno raging under his skin was too hot to contain. Santiago gripped him by the jaw, rutting his pelvis into Oliver's. There was no coming back from this, but he didn't care. Santiago sunk to his knees, right there on that bathroom floor, and unbuckled Oliver's belt. Please, if anyone was getting on their knees, it'd be him. Skip. Lord of the Rings slash Oliviago crossover one-shot. I do not own the Lord of the Rings franchise, nor the lives of Santiago Summerholder and Oliver Wesley. Please do not sue me. XD. Like anyone sues over fan fiction, come on. Terry not spry, young one, lest your feathers molt and your beak fall off, for destiny is upon you. What the fuck are you talking about? I, oh. When Oliver looked into the nearby glass, he was shocked to find the Ocean face staring back at him. Oh no, my face, he cried. My beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, handsome face. How is it that I am turned, O oh Great One? He had come so far across the expanse of the sea and through the barren swamps of Mordor, only to arrive as an avian. Please, Santiago the White, you must help me! There was a clatter from below, down in the dungeons. The wizard's eyes went wide. Goblins! Goblins did this to me, you say? Oliver asked, tilting his head to the side. It was quite cute. For he was a bird. Nay, Santiago the White swept everything off of his maple desk. Files clattered on the floor, parchment too. Even a candle now sat on its side, flickering devilishly. The goblins are here! Quickly, before they break through the magical barrier, we must perform the act of coitus. 
Coitus, Oliver Bird repeated. But why? Goblins cannot see those who are engaged in carnal relations, Santiago explained. Of course! How could I forget this ancient old saying? Goblins cannot see those who are engaged in carnal relations. Now take off your pants and kiss me. Oliver shed himself of his clothing and a few feathers and got to work, opening his beak wide to satisfy the wise old sage's request. Please, your penis boy, quickly, we haven't much time. I have a cloaca, Oliver remarked, gripping it firmly in his feathery grasp. The wizard bent over, exposing his hole. Well, put it in. But sir, there's no time. But I'm a virgin. There is a stillness between the two. So am I, young one. But we do as we must survive. Oliver plunged himself into the wizard Santiago's depths, his eyes rolling back to observe his bird brain. He backed into the bird, swallowing his girth. Thrust, the wizard cried. And thrust he did, again and again, until he was pouring every bit of his bird seed into the wizard's vast and aching canal. The goblins never came, or perhaps they did, without Oliver's notice. It was of no consequence anymore, for the bird had fulfilled his destiny and, now that it was done, dropped dead before the wizard. Okay, what the fuck? Ew, what the fuck indeed, Santiago? Friends, let's leave Santiago to his scrolling. I think he's fallen so deep into his erotic sex hole that we can no longer follow. Do you like your apology, Macchiato? Mm-hmm. Caramel's actually my favorite. That's a very good guess. I knew it. You seem like a caramel queen. Uh... I mean... Oh, fuck. Sorry. I probably shouldn't call you a queen, huh? It's okay. It's not okay. I misgendered you. Again, I'm so sorry. How about this? If you're tied to the alliteration, which I love, by the way, how about Macchiato Monarch? Ooh, I like Macchiato Monarch. <laughs> Good. Me too. I'm sorry about Astrid, by the way. I knew she was down, but I had no idea that she... You keep doing that. Doing what? Did I fuck up again? No, you just don't have to keep apologizing, Sadie. What do you mean? I mean, I appreciate the apology coffee. I really do. It was cute as hell. Uh-huh. But you don't have to keep apologizing. You're working on it. I get it. But... And you certainly don't need to apologize for your friend. Are you sure? Absolutely. It's cool. I promise. Okay. Tell me something about yourself. Me? What do you want to know? Anything. Well, um, my name is Zadie Marie Anderson. She, her. <laughs> See? I'm learning. I'm 26 years old. I live alone in my apartment with my two kitties, Bert and Ernie. Gotta be kidding me, Bert and Ernie. Yep. And what else? Oh, I'm in a pretty cool band. Oh, yeah? What's it called? You're gonna laugh. I promise I won't. You will. That's kind of the point. Okay. Let me have it. The Wolverines. <laughs> You're kidding. No way, Jose. That's downright gold. Isn't it? Astrid's in the band. She plays percussion. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. What do you play? Are you kidding? Cello, baby. Wait, you play the cello? Yep. In a rock band called the Wolverines. That's so rad. Dude, like crazy rad. Hell yeah. What sort of stuff do you play? Well, right now, our set's mostly Christmas music, but with a pagan sapphic twist. Seriously? I have to hear this. Where do you play? Do you know Bard's Bar? We play every Thursday night at 10. Got it. I'll be there. Thanks, Riley. 
What about you? What do you do when you're not wrapping bath bombs? Well, I was going to school for graphic design, HTML, all that good stuff. So you're a programmer? Sort of. Not really. Mostly I've just been building websites. Okay, but you quit that? Uh, I took a hiatus. There's a difference. Agree to disagree. I got sort of sidetracked on this other project. Oh ho ho, the plot thickens. What project? It's stupid, but I've been working on these weird little web comics. It started with drawing panels in the margins of my notebooks in class back when I was in high school. I have ADHD, so believe it or not, doodling actually helps me focus. But when I got to college, I got more into it. The story started getting deeper, the characters got more interesting, and suddenly I was spending more time drawing comic strips than actually taking notes in class, you know? No, not really. But tell me more. Well, I started fleshing out this series. Long-form stories connected by these staccato mini-scenes, and like, before I knew, I wasn't doing my classwork at all. I just kept dreaming up new scenes, or sketching out panels on my iPad, and soon enough I started posting them online. Wait, you published them? I mean, yeah, on my Twitter. They don't get that much traction, but I have a small, loyal following. I want to see one! Yeah, a hard pass. Why not? Because you're cool, and they're just not real. I don't know. What is it? I'm just not ready for you to see them. Come on, please. Jeez, girl, at least take me to dinner before you ask to see my delicates. I... would you want that? I mean, to have dinner with me? That'd be cool. 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 Our honeymoon was on the French Riviera. My sister was so jealous. Ha! I hope she's turning in her grave right now just thinking about it. I'm never going to forget those memories. Being young and hot and in love, but in a foreign country. Priceless. Your mom was really hot back then. She still is, Dad. I just don't get why you didn't go on a honeymoon, Parker. Your honeymoon is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Because, Mom, we have other expenses right now. Other expenses? Besides your honeymoon? But you're still so young, Parker. You sound a hundred years old with that. We have other expenses nonsense. What kind of expenses could you even have right now? Top surgery would be number one. What? <sighs> Top surgery, Mom. Top surgery? Yeah. How soon? Soon? How soon? Around Christmas, hopefully. But honey, you just got married. Things should be fun right now. Can't you just wait a bit? I've been waiting for 28 years, Mom. But you're newlyweds. Surgery is so complicated. It's not. I mean, yes, it is complicated, but it's too necessary right now. Parker deserves to feel at home in his skin just like the rest of us. I don't want him to have to wait anymore. What better time than now? I'll be here to cook for him, tuck him in, keep him healthy and happy. Asking him to keep waiting is asking too much. How much does something like that cost? Uh, do you have insurance? Yeah, but... I'm going to have to take time off of work, and there's medications, and things add up. 
Trudy, maybe we could lend the boys the keys to the cabin? You two could take a couple of days up there before Parker's surgery. Yeah, I think we could do that. (gasps) Can I come? No, shut up. Have you decided on some entrees? My husband will apparently be having potatoes for dinner. I'll have the salmon. You know what, Ken? You've convinced me. I'll also have potato dinner. Me too. I'll eat those potatoes. I'll have the potatoes with a shot of tequila on the side. Back at the high school, Oliver's generous donation had indeed impressed the members of the school board. With their palms well greased, Tinsley's play was underway. Thank you, capitalism, for once again saving Christmas. How do you say this word? It's Asmodian. Prince of Demons, the King of Lust. Okay. Asmodian, would you like to get a cup of coffee with me? That was heinous. What a truly, truly terrible reading. Could you try it again, but good? Tinsley, why didn't you warn me that your classmates are so talentless? I'm as surprised as you. Um, so I see that you decided to just throw some auditions. Why shouldn't I? I'm the director. Co-director. Isn't that what I said? Why do you look so frowny? You're bringing down the whole vibe of the entire room. Because I've been on the phone with the school board for the last two hours trying to get this play approved? I thought we were already approved. There's one last hurdle. Mr. Brown still won't shut up. Isn't Mr. Brown the guy who made that Facebook page about you, saying that you were part of Pizzagate? He's planning a large-scale protest of the show unless we meet one last stipulation. What? Nepotism. He wants his son in the show. What is this? Some sort of high school rom-com? Who's his son? Come in, Jet. Oh, no. That's right, faithful listeners. This is Jet. The very same boy who Ezekiel had smashed into in the hallway. The very same boy who Ezekiel had tried to hold a conversation with while he flailed on the ground, then inexplicably grabbed his ankle. Though you cannot see him, take my word. Jet looks just as hauntingly beautiful as before. Just looking at him, Ezekiel knows he's one of those cool teenagers who's already tried drugs, alcohol, and sex. And he probably enjoyed all three. He's suave, chiseled, and dark, and Jesus Christ, does he look out of place at these auditions. You? Why do you even want to be in a play? I don't. I just need an extracurricular to get out of detention. This is ludicrous. I will not pander to the principles of the so-called moral majority. If you make me cast him, I will riot. Let's just hear him read. And if it doesn't go well, then start to burn shit. Jet, you read for Satan. And Ezekiel, come read for Jesus. Huh? Hurry, Ezekiel. I have a flight to catch in 30 minutes. No, Ezekiel, you're supposed to hold it and read from it. I know, Tinsley, obviously. Start from the top of page nine. Merry Christmas. I'm Satan. I know who you are. As do I, Jesus. Uh, bold of you to show up at my birthday party. Bold of you not to invite me. You must know that I love a good party. Boys, boys, if I were to describe the performance you just gave, I'd have to say it was simply dripping. With sexual tension. Beautiful. Bravo. 
Is there supposed to be sexual tension between Satan and Jesus? Clearly, we found our leading men. I'll leave this in your capable hands, Dr. Blumenthal. I have a photo shoot in Hollywood to get to. Ta! I fucking hate Christmas. You probably don't know this about me, because I've never actually told anyone. But I applied to law school once. As it turns out, you have to have taken this super hard test called the Lestat or something, which I obviously didn't do, so they turned me down and asked me not to reapply unless I was serious about becoming a lawyer. <laughs> Alas, I never did. Being a lawyer sounds hard. I much prefer the musician lifestyle. But that wasn't the case for Gretchen. Gretchen, you'll remember, is the drama teacher's spicy new girlfriend who sends far too many emojis when she texts. But Gretchen, she actually took the test. And she passed. She went to some fancy law school like Yale or Harvard or whatever. She even took the bar exam, which she also passed. Now she's the best battle axe family law attorney in town. Just listen. Your Honor, if I may, I'd like to posit that because my client suffers from back problems as a result of the defendant's kink, she should maintain custody of the massage chair. I object. The specific dollar value of each breast implant is immaterial to the case. The defense is badgering the witness. Oh, baby doll, you want to play that game with me? I don't think so. Let's go back to the transcript, shall we? Are you implying that your client's bout of anaphylaxis was the result of intentional poisoning by my client? That's slander. I'd like it stricken from the record. You know, I'm inclined to agree with the plaintiff on this one. Well, if that's true, then I'm not sure your client has any legal right to deny his ex-wife ownership of the massage chair. I rule in favor of the plaintiff. Nice job, Gretchen, as always. to meet a celebrity today. Can you guess who? Do I get a hint? Oliver Wesley from that stupid BW Mermaid show. O-M-G. How dare you speak ill of the mermaid journals? You're one of them. Hell yeah, and proud of it. Which one is Oliver Wesley? The broody one or the cutesy one? Cutesy, if I had to guess. Are you on your way home? Yeah, why? I have a surprise for you. Hi. <laughs> well, hi. What are you doing here? Well, I'm sort of moving in, maybe. <laughs> Surprise. What? I got evicted. Oh my god, are you okay? Come inside. Is that fucking landlord discriminating against you? No, no, nothing like that. Although I do like it when you get all lawyery about injustice. What happened? As it turns out, you actually have to keep paying your rent if you want to live someplace. You didn't pay your rent? Have you ever tried renting an apartment on a high school teacher's salary? Taya, don't give me that. You have tenure. Don't you get paid better than pretty much anyone else at school? Well, yeah. So what happened? How did you end up short on rent? Okay, so don't get mad. Taya. Have you ever seen one of those unboxing videos on YouTube? Of course I have. What's that got to do with it? Well, I may have spent $1,000 on a bunch of mystery boxes on eBay. Excuse me? 
I had to know what was inside. I can't decide if I think that's adorable or disgustingly irresponsible. Or both. I'm leaning towards both. Look, I'm sorry. I know we just started dating and that this is an absurd position to put you in. It's just, honestly, I don't really have anywhere else to go. I don't have family in the area. I don't really have money for a hotel. You're the only person I could think to turn to, so what do you say? Roomies? Just for a couple of days? Get inside before you freeze your tits off, you absolute goof. found himself in his current predicament still remains a mystery to him. He'd done everything he could to slip away from the auditions, unnoticed. But somehow, Jet had caught him on the way out, asking to grab some food and practice lines. Have I mentioned yet how thick and brooding Jet's eyebrows are? And that is how Ezekiel found himself in a diner, sweaty palms clenching his knees, staring at a plate of untouched mozzarella sticks. You gonna eat those mozzarella sticks or just keep staring at them? Yes. Yes to what? I asked two questions. I'm just waiting for the right time to eat the mozzarella sticks. Uh, cool? You want to run lines? Ow! Sorry, did I kick you? Yes, why? I, I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry, here. Wow. You really just shoved them all in there, huh? Yup. All five maw sticks. Sure did. You need the chill, dude. Wanna start from page four? Sure. Why not? Hark! Tis I, ripper of bodices and breaker of hearts, Lucifer, the morning star. What? Uh, you're giggling under your breath. I'm not. Am I bad at this? No, you're great. Is that a lie? I hate when people lie to me. You're just a bit loud is all. Should I bring it down? Uh, Just a few decibels. Uh, Like this. Uh, Hark. 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 This is your character's intro, so you should really, really sell it. Hark! Hark! Perfect. Really? Sell? Character? Intro? You're taking this seriously, huh? If you're going to do something, you should do it well. Like the way you ate those mozzarella sticks? You would have looked stupid if you didn't commit. I feel like I look stupid regardless. You took a risk, and I respect that. Could we move on from the mozzarella stick thing? No. In fact, let's get more. What do you think Satan's motivation is here? Is he trying to be scary? Sexy? So scary he's sexy? (laughs) You're giggling again. Sorry. Did I get it wrong? No, it's just... You're really into this even though you seem all, you know, leather jackets and motorcycles. I am all leather jackets and motorcycles. That's my bike out there. Really? Wanna ride on it? Ride on your motorcycle? Uh, um, yeah. I mean, sure. Too bad. Not until we're finished with our work. What's the right answer? There is no right answer. It's just your interpretation as an actor. No wrong answers. Huh. I think he's trying to be sexy. 
definitely trying to be sexy. That's no problem for you. What? More mozzarella sticks, right? Yeah, uh, let's get more. Sorry. Dad. Those potatoes were huge. Unnaturally huge. Ginormous, big honking potatoes. What a tasty dinner to share with such a beautiful family. Thank you kids for coming to eat with your parents. Cheers everyone for the many years of dinners yet to come. Well, this seems like as good a time as any to give you our big news. We're getting a divorce. What? You're... Getting a d- divorce? That's right. Your father and I are dissolving our marriage. Just in time for the holidays. Where is this coming from? You're so happy. Mom, you've been ordering Dad's food for him all night. Yeah, and I fucking hate it when she does that. I was only 20 when I married your father. There's still so much of the world I haven't seen. So many things I want to experience. All your father wants to do is stay home and play with his Nintendo Switch. And your mother has all of these pretentious ideas about monogamy that I just can't get behind. Honey, I'm so sorry this is so sudden. You just blurted out that you're getting divorced in the middle of a restaurant. We've been unhappy for so long. And then, when we saw the way you and Theodore look at each other, it just clicked. That's what love should look like. With your marriage beginning, it just felt like a natural place for our marriage to end. Does this mean two Christmases? You're both adults. You can have as many Christmases as you want. Do we have room for dessert? Read the room, lady. Be right there. Hold on. Hey. Hey. Uh, uh, come on in. I'm making tea. Do you do you want some? Some dirty leaf water? <laughs> Can you not with the charming dismissiveness, please? Sorry. Besides, I make a mean cup of tea. I'll give it a try. So, um, did you want to talk? You could keep groveling if you want. Is that what you want? No. Yes. Maybe. No. No. What do you want? Honestly. Yeah. I don't know what I want, Astrid. There's a part of me that just wants to curl up in bed with you in a cup of steaming hot tea and pick up where we left off this morning. I sense a butt coming. But there's another part of me, the part that's still angry. And I know it's irrational, but it's just... Hey, it's not irrational, Ella. I fucked up, like... Big time. I know. It's just... It just makes me feel like a crazy person. I know you didn't do it on purpose. You apologized, and I know you meant it. It's... I'm still so mad. Hey. Come here. Come on. Repeat after me. I'm fucking pissed. I'm fucking pissed. I'm fucking pissed about that stupid old condom. 
I'm fucking pissed about that stupid old condom. Astrid, you're a big bitch and I hate you. I'm not saying that. (laughs) Why not? I am a big bitch. Look at me. Wanna cuddle? Mm-hmm. Come on, grab your tea. Let's crawl into bed, shall we? As the sun rose that following Sunday, our favorite pastor and his sexually confused son made their way to morning service. What you're looking at on your phone there, Ezekiel? Girls? Nothing. Now, I might call on you to read a couple of passages today. Oh my god, Dad. Ah! Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Exodus 27. Sorry. Oh my god. That was cute, son. Please, friends, take a seat. Rest those weary bones. (laughs) My sermon today is a bit unorthodox, but isn't it always? My son is sitting here in the audience, and he'll be helping me with some reading, because ultimately, this message is about him. As a single father, Ezekiel is so much of my life, and as any parent of a teenager would know, I fear for his salvation every day. The Bible is always here as a tome of wisdom and advice, but how do these ancient words apply to a life that centers around iPhones and electric cars? Ezekiel, could you please read 1 Peter 2.11? Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Sex. That is what this passage refers to. I know most of us would rather not think about our kids having sex, but I promise you that is the only thing on the minds of today's youth. How could they not? We live in a time where you can simply turn on the TV and see girls shaking their rumps. What do they call that, Dan Zeke? Snorkeling? Twerking. That's right. I'd show everyone how it works, but that image would be seared in your minds until your dying day. Girls dancing provocatively on TV is nothing new. MTV has been around just about as long as I have. But the current generation is seeing a lot more than scantily clad girls in the background of ACDC music videos. They're seeing boys wearing dresses on magazine covers and doing makeup tutorials on YouTube. They're seeing girls flaunting how many people they've slept with, who get millions of likes for taking pictures where they are practically naked. The celebrities of today are talking about how liberating sex is, how healthy sex is, how those who believe in abstinence before marriage are just backwards and old-fashioned. Ezekiel, could you read Colossians 3.5? Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. I'm willing to admit that most of the Bible is metaphor. 
Whether or not you believe the world was literally made in seven days is up to your own interpretation. But what God is absolutely clear on is the sanctity of our own flesh. God's love for us is beyond our humble comprehension. The flesh that blankets our bones is nothing more than God's love poured into a likeness of his own image. We carry his love deep in our chests everywhere we go. And when we live a life that worships him, that love, that purity shines through us. Our bodies are temples. They are vessels of his unrelenting love. And God blesses those with pure hearts. Ezekiel, could you please read 1 Corinthians 6.19? Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. What the Bible teaches us is that sexual sin is different than any other sin. When you lie, when you steal, you sin against God. When you have sex outside of the sacred confines of marriage, you sin against yourself, against your own flesh, your own temple. You tarnish that light, that love that sits here nestled in your chest. You shatter your own purity, and it can never fully be mended. As God's children, we are cursed every day to walk through our own valleys of the shadow of death and face our own constant temptations. For the young minds of our children, sin is lurking behind every corner, wrapped up like a wonderful Christmas present, like something fun and exciting. Just this morning, I saw one of those rainbow pride flags in a neighbor's yard. I thought to myself, Paul, what is more beautiful than a rainbow? Wouldn't I like to have a rainbow flag on my lawn? But of course... I know what those flags stand for. They represent something that isn't beautiful at all. That is how sin disguises itself. That is the hand of the devil, stealing something wonderful, something positive, and wearing it as the face of earthly sin. These phones in your children's hands serve as a pipeline from those endorsing and living evil lifestyles straight into the minds of those you love the most. Zeke, could you read Jude 1-7? Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desires, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Living your life against the sacred word of our Father is nothing more than sin, and sin always leads to the same end, darkness, fire, and an eternity sealed away from the compassion and love of God. We must work together to teach our children that a testament with God, a promise with our Holy Father, is the only weapon to combat the evils that close in on them from every side. Ezekiel, could you read 1 Corinthians 10.13? No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape, that you may endure it. God never gives you more than you can handle. You will never face a temptation that you cannot overcome. 
and that is his love. I can't believe Luna wouldn't let us get dessert. She's always such a fucking monster. That's your biggest takeaway from tonight. <sighs> is my mom going to literally die when we get divorced? Probably not literally. <sighs> we could just not get divorced. Buy me some ice cream, and I'll think about it. Deal. Thank you. I mean, I want ice cream too. Not just for ice cream. For everything. Like what? Just being you. Saying all the things you said. Ugh, you're so stupid. I'm not stupid. I'm your best friend. Do you want to actually go stay in my parents' cabin for a bit? Could be fun. Our cute little honeymoon? <laughs> Sounds like a plan, hubby. Happy holidays, folks. Come back again soon. <laughs> I can't believe they call themselves the Wolverines. That's so classic. I mean, I get the world play, but what's that even supposed to mean? Like, lycanthropes that turn into crime-fighting vulvas under the full moon? Honestly, that'd be pretty cool. Or, better yet, what if they were sentient crime-fighting vulvas who lived on the moon? It's crazy, right? Like, bonkers. Unless... Unless they were cartoonized vulvas. Yeah, like, something that got the point across without being obscene. Not that vulvas are obscene, but... Just imagine, Captain Zadie and the Wolverines taking the galaxy by storm. Stomping out injustice wherever they go. And what if they had magic powers, like pheromones that could subdue their enemies? No. No, that's stupid. Not pheromones. That's biological warfare. Captain Zadie would never allow that. But lasers, however... Astrid could be like... the tank. The muscle. Nobody would mess with her, and... if they tried, well, they'd regret it. She'd pound them into moon rocks before they knew what hit them. When we'd need... A healer to balance the team. The moral compass, maybe. A cleric or a monk. Someone who will keep the Wolverines in line. She could have, like, a long ass cape. Yes, a frilly, high femme labia cape. Okay. And then Captain Zadie, their fearless leader. She's bold and assertive and never has to apologize for who she is. But she could be reckless, too. And clumsy. Human. Because deep down, all she really wants is for someone to accept her. Completely and totally. But she's scared. That's why she puts on this persona. So that no one can see her faults. Because if they see her faults, they might not accept them. And if they don't accept them, they don't accept her. So she'll make them. She'll make the galaxy take her and the Wolverine seriously, even though they're just sentient vulvas from the moon, by showing the whole universe that despite their individual faults, they can come together and do good.
Hi, Ziki. Hey, Tins. What's wrong? Nothing. I can fix it, whatever it is. It's really nothing. You're taking a lot of long pauses. You only do that when you're upset. Yeah, you're right. There is something wrong. I just... It's not something wrong. It's me. I'm wrong. There's something wrong with me, and I don't know what to do, and I'm starting to freak out. I can't help unless you tell me what it is. I don't even want to think about it. I don't know. I... Can you help me? Of course. I need a really, really big favor, and I don't know how to ask. You could try just asking. Could we date, but not, like, really date? Pretend to date. Yes. I understand. I'm sorry. This is so stupid. I'm so stupid. I take it back. I'm sorry. This is about your dad, right? Yeah. I understand. I've had a feeling for a while. Of course I'll pretend to date you. You really don't have to do this if you don't want to. My performance is going to be spectacular. I expect the same from you. See you tomorrow. Thank you, Tense. Night, Ziggy.